Well, good morning, and um, thank you for joining us for this uh, Zoom meeting uh, to hear the Word of God. I just want to open a word of prayer. Lord, we um, are so grateful for another week that we can study your Word and um, just discover the revelation of different teachings that you have for us and how you want it to uh, how you want us to apply those things to our lives. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, bless this teaching and uh, let it be fruitful and be uh, with good application for our lives. We just pray this in your name. Amen. So uh, today I'm going to cover, uh, I thought I'd do something off of the uh, typical uh, Thanksgiving message. I um, want to do something unique. So uh, I've been reading Psalm 119 quite a bit recently, trying to memorize the whole thing. I'm only maybe 15 or 16 verses in, but I thought I would um, focus the message today on Psalm 119 verses 1 through 8. Um, you can thank me later that I'm not going to do the whole 176 verses. It's, um, it's the longest chapter in the Bible and the longest psalm. It's composed of 22 different sections, and each section starts off with uh, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet um, on that line. And it's been suggested that David is the author of this great chapter, and that he wrote the 22 different sections throughout different stages of his life. Some of these sections were during the peaks of joy, and some where he was completely satisfied in his walk with God, and some low valleys where he was persecuted surrounded by enemies and scared for his life. So really, whatever circumstance you find yourself facing in your life right now, there's a passage or a section of verses that can encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Nearly every verse contains one of the eight words for God's perfect revelation, his law, his testimony, his way, precepts, statutes, commandments, judgments, and word. And it's been said that this is a chapter that you could study for the rest of your life and you still have um, more room for learning all the complexities and benefits of meditating on God's Word. Um, let's see. So the first eight verses that I'm going to cover, it's a section that highlights the believer's walk with the Lord. And it shows us how we should be living our lives according to the Word. And then the, the second half of the um, first eight verses is uh, a personal prayer crying out to God that we could actually live out this lifestyle. And I think it's an appropriate message as we come to the end of the year and reflect on how we've been living this year and as we're approaching a new year in just a month, how we can start the next one. Uh, it's a time to reflect how we can grow closer to God in this uh, next season. So I'll start by reading our passage Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. 
I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. The first three verses here describe the blessing of those who follow God's word. The people who live according to God's word will be blessed. It's a promise. This is the way that God wants us to live our lives. He wants us to live undefiled, walking in the law of the Lord, keeping his testimonies, seeking him with our whole heart, doing no iniquity, and just in general walking with him. First verse goes, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So there's a general principle that these first three verses lay down that you'll be blessed if you do these things. He promises if you choose to obey his word, you'll find blessing and happiness. And we find this also in Psalm 1, where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The just walk in them but transgressors follow them. So the Lord has told us that we should read the word and hear what uh, it has to tell us and that we should delight in it by meditating on it. And it promises blessing if we do this. But more than that, he wants us to keep his word, being obedient to it and applying it to our lives. This is what ultimately brings blessing in our lives. The um, the first... Um, the next point I want to get out of this, this verse is that you'll be blessed if you are undefiled in your way. So what does it look like to live a life that's undefiled? Well, I won't go into every single example of how the words are used in the Bible, but I'll just cover the highlights of how it's talked about. And it means being blameless, you know, in truth, living with a perfect heart, um, being upright, fearing God, hating evil, having no offense, avoiding ungodliness and worldly lusts, living righteously, godly in this world, living with integrity and without spot. Essentially, you'll be blessed if you live a life of avoiding sin at all costs. It's a call to live a life that's only possible through God's grace. But I'll get to uh, explaining more about this in a second, but don't be too discouraged at this difficult task. Um, there is an example of somebody who lived this way. Hezekiah in Second um, Chronicles 31, it says that thus Hezekiah did throughout all of Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment, to seek his God. He did it with all his heart, so he prospered. So it's not an impossible task. It is a difficult one. Um, and it's the call that um, God has for us to live undefiled in our way. And he promises blessing, and we can see that through uh, Hezekiah. The next point I want to make is that You'll be blessed if you walk in the law of the Lord. The Lord calls us to walk in the law of the Lord, and it's a daily choice to reject the temptations of the world and choosing every day to embrace those things which our Lord's commanded us. 
before you were saved, you had a heart that, that was um, made of stone, where it was impossible to please God and walk with him. But now the Lord's given you a new heart, one that's tender, and it's a sensitive heart to his commandments. This, um, this allows you to walk with the Lord. Uh, in the Old Testament, in Ezekiel 11, it talks about this. It says, Then I will give them one heart, and I will give them a new spirit within them. And take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. So our application from this is that we should obey God's perfect law. Walk undefiled in the path that you uh, choose to walk in your life. And as you daily exercise your faith in God. Pray that he would keep you from stumbling into sin. And look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of the faith. Use him as an example as to how he walked, and follow him. But avoid things that will defile you and make you unclean. Avoid anger, pride, gossip, lust, drunkenness, hate, envy, and evil thoughts which defile you. And choose every day to walk in the law of the Lord. Then you'll be blessed and happy. Um, then your way will be undefiled. Verse 2 reads, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. So there's another blessing that you get if you keep his testimonies. And it means more than just hearing. It means doing his testimonies. It means guarding it and hiding his word in your heart. This is something that can be done by memorizing scripture and living out what you've hidden in your heart. Charles Spurgeon comments on this verse and says, Blessedness is ascribed to those who treasure up the testimonies of the Lord, in which is implied that they search the scriptures, that they come to an understanding of them, that they love them, and then that they continue in the practice of them. We must first get a thing before we can keep it. In order to keep it well, we must get a firm grip of it. We can't keep in the heart what we don't um, readily embrace by our affections. So the commandment in this verse is very clear. Keep his testimonies. But your motivation to keep them should be that you want to keep them because you love God's law and you also love the one who gave you the law uh, and the commandments. Luke eleven twenty eight says, But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So our application from this verse is remember all the different testimonies and word of God, and you'll be blessed. But more than just remembering them, do them. And also memorize scripture and hide it in your heart. Um, so our next point is that you'll be blessed if you seek him with your whole heart. And this is more than just searching, but it's looking for God, looking for answers, looking for him with everything you have. And it's looking how to live your life differently based on what you're searching for. Um, and he promises that you'll find him if you search for him. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, 
but from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Um, so there's, there's an example of somebody who uh, sought after the wrong things and was killed because of their unfaithfulness. We see that King Saul uh, sought after the wisdom of a medium with all his heart. And God took the throne from him and gave it to David because of what he did. He, um, he didn't want to look to God and seek him with his whole heart. Instead, he looked for worldly wisdom and the wisdom of somebody who consults with spirits and demons. And because of that, God took away his throne, killed him, and gave the kingdom to uh, the new king David. But instead, you could be like the example uh, from before Hezekiah, who did what was good and right and true before God. And God um, saw that he sought him with his whole heart, and so he prospered Hezekiah. And our application that we can get from this verse is that you'll be blessed if you'll keep his testimonies and seek him with your whole heart. Obey his word because you love his commandments and seek him with your whole heart because you love him. The Lord promises a blessing to those who do this. Now we reach the third verse. It says, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. The people who are blessed and find true happiness, uh, the life that they live is uh, they don't practice or make a habit of, um, of doing evil. They aren't uh, committed to being depraved in their minds or doing wrong or injustice, but they live a life that's perfect and holy before God. Um, so you'll be blessed if you live your life avoiding certain things, if you avoid walking after the flesh, but instead walk according to the Spirit. You'll be blessed if you avoid walking by sight, but instead walk by faith. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. In Ephesians 4, 17, it says um, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. So you'll be blessed if you avoid walking like the rest of the world, uh, but instead walk after um, how Christ walked, imitating him. Uh, Deuteronomy 25.16 has a strong warning for those who walk uh, after the things of the world. It says, For all who do such things, all who behave unrighteously, are an abomination to the Lord your God. So we should avoid walking um, after the things of the world, after the flesh, walking by sight. Um, but instead we should walk in his ways. The truly blessed people will walk with God in his ways. But it's a daily choice to walk that way. Um, Micah just learned to walk recently and, you know, he started off by learning to sit up and then learning to hold on to Jen or Luke or a, a table or a chair next to him as support, holding on to things that were stronger than him. And as the weeks went on, he was able to finally uh, take his first step and then walk independently. And pretty soon he'll be running around 
um, too fast for them to catch him. It's the same thing with our walk with God. We have to keep on taking the next step in faith, daily walking with him and trusting him to provide for you. And the Lord promises blessing if you walk in all his ways. So there's several different aspects of this. Um, first, I want to just address is that uh, in the way that you walk, you should listen to him. And you can hear the, the great cry and desire from God. In Psalm 81, it says, Oh, that my people would listen to me, um, and that Israel would walk in my ways. The Lord wants us to listen to him, to trust him and obey him. It's his great desire. And he's given us this love letter, the Bible, um, as a, um, a guide for our lives, how to walk in his ways. Uh, next, you'll be blessed if you walk in newness of life. In Romans 6, it says that we should no longer... Uh, we shouldn't continue in sin that grace may abound um, since we've died to sin. But instead, we should walk in newness of life. We identify with Christ's burial and resurrection and death. And um, we have died to sin. Our old selves were buried with him. And we were raised to new life to live for him and walk um, this way. So don't turn back to your old ways. Um Furthermore, you'll be blessed if you walk according to the Spirit. In Romans 8, 4, it says um, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Also in Romans 13, 13, it says that we should walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, nor in strife and envy. Um, Again, you'll be blessed if you walk by faith and not by sight. We should look to Jesus who walked perfectly by faith. When um, your life is in chaos and crumbling around you, people you know are getting sick or dying, and all you can do is worry, especially this year, it's been a tough year, set your heart on walking by faith to trust your Heavenly Father who loves you and cares for you. When you're worried about your future, remember that God is in control, and to him, your future is already in his past. He's, he already knows what's, uh, what's in store for you. Um, again, you'll be blessed if you walk in good works. Uh, it says that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are saved by grace through faith so that you should walk in good works which are pleasing to God. And finally, above everything else, walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, uh, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Make sure that you walk in love above everything else, showing the world that you have been changed from the inside out and that there is a hope in you Especially um, now more than ever, people are looking for love. People are looking for hope. And you've been shown that, that hope and that love by God. 
that agape love that can only be found um, through the Bible, through, through Christ. It's an unconditional, sacrificial love that gives without expecting anything in return. Since you've been given this love, you should also walk in love and show this love to other people so that they can know him as their personal savior. So our application from this uh, third verse is that if you're not walking in his ways, acknowledge any sin in your life and confess it before God because he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So we should, every one of us should really pray this prayer that um, the Lord would help you to avoid sinning and walking in the flesh, that he would teach you how to walk in his ways, and that he would teach you to find your true joy and happiness in, um, in him alone, and that he would help you walk in the light, in the spirit, by faith, walking properly in wisdom and love and good works according to his commandments. And if you do these things, you'll be blessed. Um, this is how God wants us to live our lives, undefiled, walking in his law, keeping his testimonies, seeking him with your whole heart, doing no iniquity. And we see in the, the fourth verse that this is what he commands us. It says, you have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. The way he commands us is that we should hold these things diligently, pursuing this lifestyle with everything we have. Um, Deuteronomy 10, 12-13 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to love him? to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. So you should treasure his word with all diligence and care. Keep his word with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And commit to memorizing his word, and you'll be blessed and find true happiness. So now we reach the second half of, uh, of this section in the psalm. It goes from looking at how um, God calls us to live our life, and it's a more personal approach. It's more of a prayer as to a desire to actually live this life. Um, personally, I can identif identify with the psalmist, it's, and I feel like way too often I stray from God's word and I'll get caught up in what the world has to offer and put God on a shelf and come back to him later. But I can always agree with the psalmist when they say, oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. One, um, <clears throat> one commentator on the passage states that we don't get very far into the psalm before we discover that he's just like us at least in respect to that he wants, um, that he has not yet gotten to be like the happy and blessed ones he's describing. He wants to be, but he's not there yet. And you can just hear um, the psalmist crying out, if only my ways were fixed in the path of righteousness, you know, that would make me so happy. 
then I wouldn't feel shame when I meditate on God's word and see how imperfect my life is in comparison to how God wants me to live. He prays for perfect obedience to God's word because when he looks into the word, he's ashamed that he doesn't do it um, and follow it completely. His conscience is reminding him of his own imperfections and weaknesses. And he's showing a strong desire to be freed from sin, to be with his Savior. And it's for us, it's one of the greatest things that we can look forward to in heaven, is that we'll be freed from the presence of sin. The psalmist is looking to be perfected, to be freed from sin. One day we will have our ways completely and perfectly directed to keep his statutes. But don't be discouraged, though. We're called to live this way. And while we're still in this body, we haven't been freed from the presence of sin in the world. Our Lord saved us from the penalty and the power of sin's grip on our lives, but we still struggle against the presence of it um, in this world and in our lives. We still have our our flesh. Um, we're saved, but we, um, we're still, the presence of sin is all around us, and it's constantly uh, tempting us to go back to our old lives. This is a, an important point of knowing your position in Christ versus your practice. Your position is that you've been made holy, that you are holy, um, but the call is to live a holy life, to live undefiled, to be holy. And this can only be done by um, God's work in your life, helping you to do it. But this, uh, this psalm recognizes that. And I think a good uh, correlation is uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, where the, the main point is that the more you look at the Word of God, the more you look at God, um, and study and meditate on his word and his commandments, the more you'll desire to be like, um, like Christ and live a transformed life. It says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. As you gaze more and more into the glory of the Lord and his commandments, You'll be transformed to be more and more like him, and your longing to do his will is going to grow immensely. As you look to him for help, your ways will be directed to keep his statutes, and you will not be ashamed. Uh, Charles Spurgeon wrote an encouraging note on this verse. To the poor sinner who's in despair reading this verse, uh, it may seem unlikely that they should ever be delivered from shame. They blush and they're confounded, and they feel like they'd never lift their face up again. But they should remember these words, then I won't be ashamed. The psalmist isn't dreaming, but he's, uh, or he's not, in, he's not picturing an impossible case. Um, it's something that can happen. It says, be assured, dear friend, that the Holy Spirit can renew you, uh, renew in you the image of God, so that you can look up to him again, without fear. Um, so our application for this is that we should pray that 
our eyes would be fixed on the Lord, praying that we would be reminded uh, every single day of the grace of God. Um, and we should look into his word with humility, knowing that um, we need his, his help to, to live our lives undefiled in the way. Um, in verse 7, it says, I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. As you commit your ways to learn God's righteous judgments, you learn to love his law more and more. And you can praise him for helping you learn his law. Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Instead of living a life uh, full of shame and guilt that you don't live up to God's standards, when you finally do learn his righteous judgments and actually do them, that when you when you learn these judgments and do them, your song will be one of praising God for his goodness. Uh, later in verse 127 and 162, it says, Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. The, um, we should praise the Lord and rejoice in his commandments. He's given them to us to help us learn and be more like him. We should value his word more than fine gold. Finally, it says in verse 8, I will keep his I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. The psalmist is crying out to God, recognizing that he's in need of God's grace. It sounds like he's just saying, I'll keep your statutes as best as I can with the Lord's help, but don't forget that I'm weak and like dust. In my attempt to walk in the law perfectly, and yet constant failure. Don't forsake me, but be gracious to me, and teach me how to live according to your word. It's a desperate um, cry from the, the psalmist. He knows and loves God's word, yet he's very conscious of his own inability, apart from God's work in his life, to live it out. If God did forsake him, he would be lost. But we can praise the Lord that he will never forsake us or leave us. Our, um, our application from this, uh, this whole section is applying God's word to our life by hiding his word in your heart so that you don't sin against him. Then you'll grow to love his law and it won't be a burden to you to keep and value these things above all else. Verse 11 in um, Psalm 119 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Uh, when they're given the commandments in uh, to Israel, when Moses is giving the Ten Commandments to them, it says, um, God wants it to be a constant reminder to them to always have his law and his word at the forefront of their minds. So he says, whatever you have to do, you know, write it on your, your doorpost, on your wall, um, keep it on your wrist, around your neck, on your forehead, keep it always uh, right in front of you so you're always meditating on his word. And we can do that too. We can 
Always be committed to memorizing his word and hide it in our hearts. You could do something very simple like taking the flashcard, taping it on your wall, changing your screensaver on your phone and get an app that helps you memorize. Set a reminder on your phone, review that verse over and over again. Just do whatever it takes to hide God's word in your heart so that it'll be a guard to you against sinning. And then once you actually live out, um, once you um, apply the things that you're memorizing, you'll be able to praise God with uprightness of heart and you won't be ashamed when you look into the things that you've memorized. Um, I do want to just make sure that you don't take this as a legalistic task in, attempt, uh, in an attempt to be right with God, though. Um, we are righteous before God because of our faith in um, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in our place on the cross. He redeemed us and paid it all. And he made us right before God by what he did. It's not what we did, but it's our faith in him that makes us righteous. Um, instead, we should live our lives striving to be undefiled because we delight in God's law and because we love being obedient to him. Um, Psalm 119, uh, 72 and 77 say, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. His commandments won't be a burden to you when you learn to love them. As you meditate more and more on his word, um, you'll delight in them and you'll find great peace in them. Uh, so my challenge to you this morning is um, look into a passage that you've um, wanted to study. Look into a verse that you haven't memorized yet that is precious to you and just commit yourself to memorizing that per that verse or that passage. Um, I personally am trying to memorize Psalm 119 and hope to get it done by the end of next year. And... Um, just so that I can meditate on his word, so that I can always have it in front of me and always um, as a guard to me. Um, so I just want to challenge you that you would take up a, um, a challenge to memorize God's word and hide it in your heart so that you could live, uh, that you could be unashamed when you look into God's word. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your commandments and your law and uh, your word, how you teach us to, um, to study and to how to live our life undefiled in the way, seeking you with our whole hearts. We just pray that we could, um, that we would learn these things and actually do them, and that we would memorize scripture, that we would hide these things in our hearts and commit our ways to um, following you completely. We just pray that um, we would live our lives for your glory and that we would um, be shining lights in the world. We just pray these things, Father, in your name. Amen.